But here Paul is declaring, for if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he's nothing, we're all nothing. We are God's servants. God uses my life. God uses your life. A spiritual Christian will have a biblical opinion of himself, according to the Word of God. But not a high opinion of himself. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We are so glad you've joined us today for our continued focus on the transformative power of God's love. Today, Raul will challenge us to evaluate whether our lives are fueled by self-serving ambition or by the Lord's selfless mercy. Stay with us to see that while you may never receive public recognition, you glorify the Lord when you build others up. Let's join Raul Reese now in the book of Galatians. Paul begins in chapter 6. This is the end of the book of Galatians now. But Paul the Apostle admonishes the spiritual brothers to restore any of their number who might be overtaken, listen, by sin. Paul the Apostle here in chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, he's going to talk to us about bearing one another's burdens. He starts out by saying, Brothers, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Notice what he says there. Be careful, he says. That word overtaken means to be caught in the very act of sin. The very act you've been caught And the word that he uses here for restoring, it means to mend or to repair. Repairing a a net, repairing something that's broken down. So he uses the word to mend or to repair. He says, also a spiritual, not carnal, spiritual, restore such a one, the one who has what? Sinned. That's the person that needs to be restored. The word that he uses here, considering, looking to, or overseeing. One in a spirit of gentleness, notice humility, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Remember, you can fall into sin too. Every day, we can fall into sin. A sinning saint needs restoration as well as what? Divine forgiveness. Secondly, God wants to restore, not to condemn anybody, which we condemn people. We're not supposed to condemn. We're supposed to restore people. Back to fellowship with God. Restoration is not voluntary ministry. The command to restore means that it should be done over and over and over and over and over. Never ends. Not just once. Or twice or thrice. Every time you are to forgive. Over and over. And that's why Paul here says brethren. Speaking to Christians. 
If a man is overtaken in any trespass, a trespass is a willful act of sinning. You who are spiritual, if we're spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of humility or gentleness. Don't be harsh. Gentleness. Considering yourself less, you also will be tempted. Don't forget about yourself that you sin too. Secondly, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Whoa. That law of Christ is what? The law of love. The word that he uses here for burden is extra heavy load. Problem people are dealing with. Remember, a heavy load. That he's talking about the burdens that we carry. And again, he says, bear one another's burdens. Well, I don't want to bear your burdens. You don't want to bear my burdens. But Jesus said here that we need to help people with that extra load that they're going through spiritually. And forgiveness, as Matthew 18, 21 through 35 says, and what in discipline in our own personal lives, not rebuking people, but forgiving people. And when Paul writes his book in his own personal life, he could have hated the Pharisees. He could have hated so many people that came against him. But he ends up praying for them and forgives them. And that's why God used his life so powerfully. Verse 3. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You met people like that. They think they're somebody. They think that they don't ever need help. They think they can all do it by themselves. Or they don't want to be around you because you're not their kind. But here Paul is declaring, for if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he's nothing, we're all nothing. Nothing. Servants of Jesus Christ. If you think you're something, you're deceiving yourself. You better look in the mirror again. We're nothing. We are God's servants. God uses my life. God uses your life. A spiritual Christian will have a biblical opinion of himself. According to the word of God. But not a high opinion of himself. And it's so cool to see people that are really humble. They really know that they're nothing apart from Jesus Christ. We should all think like that. I am nothing apart from Jesus Christ. I don't want to deceive myself and think I'm something when I'm nothing. He knows that it's according to the grace of God. We are what we are. According to the grace of God. Spiritual Christians will be concerned about what? About their own responsibility before the Lord. Are you responsible before the Lord? Verse 4. But let each one examine his own work. People can say great things about your work, but what about you see in your work? He said, bringing glory to the Lord. And let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another person. You don't have to have people say how great you are. You know that what you're doing, you're doing for the Lord. There is no competition in the work of God. I understand that. And yet, a lot of pastors are competing. 
Who has the biggest church? Who has the greatest church? How much money you take in? How many people you have in your church? All these things competing. I want to be better than them. Your neighbor, you're competing with your neighbor. And we should never compete. God hasn't called us to do that. No competition in the work of God who gets the glory. And I hope not each one of us, but from every one of us get the glory. He gets the glory from our lives and what we do and what we say. Verse 5. For each one shall bear his own burden. Understand that. His own load, he says. Individual accountability. You know, we know that Christ will try our work one day at the judgment seat of Christ. That one day where we're in heaven, we're going to stand before the Lord. He's going to take all of our works, all of our works. He's going to throw it into the fire. And the fire is going to test every one of the works you did while you were on earth. And whatever burns up, burns up. Nothing in return. But whatever doesn't burn up, you're going to receive in return. For yourself. In heaven. I don't know what it's going to be. But the Bible says you're going to receive. Then he says. Verse 6 to 10. He starts out with verse 6. He says. Let him who is taught the word of God. Share it all good things with him who teaches. We should be zealous of good works. Titus 2 14. Secondly, we should maintain them, Titus 3, 8. And thirdly, we should walk in them, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. The word here refers to what? To the scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 2 and Hebrews 4, 12. And it refers to the office of a teacher divinely appointed by Jesus Christ, the word here who teaches, a teacher of God's word. When God sets up a teacher in a church to teach, Like we're being taught tonight. Then let him who is taught the word share it with all good things with him who teaches us. And then he says this. Do not be deceived. He wants them to understand. Listen. He says God is not mocked. They're going to be judged. God is not mocked. It means to sneer. To turn up one's nose. When he uses the word deceive here. It's to put your nose up. To sneer. To look down upon a principle of faith alone. A sign of personal weakness. To deceive. And then he says. For whatever a man sows. That will he also reap. Righteousness is not produced by sowing to sin. The more one sows. The more one reaps. One reaps more than what he sows. In the saw of the flesh, and what? In the reaping of the Spirit. You sow in the flesh, you reap the flesh. You sow in the Spirit, you reap the things of the Spirit. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. You see that? He refers to the physical decay and moral rottenness that follows the sins of the flesh. The flesh sends you to hell. You can read it again, remember in Galatians chapter 5, 19 to 21, last week, the works of the flesh. And then the works of the Spirit is right next to verse 22 to the end of the chapter. He goes on. 
For he who sows in his flesh will reap of the flesh corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Notice here, everlasting life. It is achieved by planting one's life into the direction of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in my life. The products are either the works of the flesh or the works of the Holy Spirit. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Call us at 800-634-9165 or connect with us at somebodylovesyou.com. For more Bible-based insight to guide your daily life, catch Straight Talk with Raul every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific on his YouTube channel. Now back to more of today's lesson. I want the works of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to get over the works of the flesh. And you know, this is a problem within the church, with every one of us. It's so easy to go back to the flesh and to depart from the Spirit. It takes discipline to move away from the flesh. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to be baptized so that we can overcome sin. And at the same time, it takes the will to will and say, Man, I'm not going to do this because this is what will happen if I do it. Recognize the consequences. You sow, you reap, no matter what you do. He goes on, verse 9. And let us not grow weary. The word weary here is the word to mean to give into evil. You give it into evil. Let us not grow weary, not give into sin. He says, while doing good. I mean, if you're going to be doing good, then don't give in to sin. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Hey, we're going to be judged. The promise and the guarantee of God. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose. Depending totally, fully upon God in my life. There's no other way. And the conditional here, the promise is what is preceded by an exhortation here. And let us not grow weary, for in due time, due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So both unsaved and saved here. Therefore, as we have opportunity, opportunity means here the time that God has given to us. It would involve both means of help, money, or the point of contact, speaking here. Therefore, as we have opportunity to give, he's talking about giving, to those who are of the household of faith. Remember, Paul took offerings, were given to him, not for himself, but to help those in Jerusalem that were poor. He was always helping people. And that's why here he makes it an emphasis. Here as he says, those speaking of Christians, that they should be first to help other people that are in need. When there's a real need. And I think it's of importance that Paul here is bringing out this because in the early church, as he was not only helping people and they would give him offerings, he didn't use them for himself. He took them and distributed them to the poor. Those that needed it. And then verse 11, 
See with what large letters I have written to you with my own handwriting. They thought that Paul had some eye problems and somebody else would write his letters. He says, see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. With my own hand. So awesome. Paul the Apostle. The size of the book, a large letter. And that these letters that he's written, 14 letters that is given to us, you can see his heart being poured out. Poured out as he declares, you guys, I love you. This is what you need to do concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm getting ready to depart. But I want you to know that you are in my mind. You are in my heart. And I will never forget you. Verse 12. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Jesus Christ. He's saying these false teachers, these legalists, are doing this because they don't want to suffer in their flesh. They want to have everything for themselves. They believe that you had to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. And Paul says, you don't have to be circumcised in order by faith now to be a Christian. And I love what he says here. Only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Jesus Christ. They did not like the cross of Jesus Christ. Judaizers. The Judaizers wanted to impress other people. Secondly, they were dictators. And thirdly, They were afraid of persecution. So they were willing to bow to something they really didn't believe into. And Paul says, you can't do that. Verse 13. He says, or not even those who are circumcised keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast of your flesh or in your flesh. And Paul says, no, this is grace and this is law. We're saved by grace, not by the law. And they kept pressing that point of the law. When Paul says, hey, Jesus came and died and we are set free because of the cross. And we live now by faith and through the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. By obeying his word, coming to that place of obedience. Verse 14. But God forbid that I should boast except, here it is, on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Underline the cross. Mark it up. God forbid that I should boast only on what? The cross of Jesus Christ. Not on ourselves. Not on other people. Not on churches. On the cross of Jesus Christ. For me, Paul said, remember. And Jesus said the cross is so important. And again he says, By whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world... You see, I to the world, I don't have any part in the world concerning sin. I don't want to go back to the world. Why? The cross of Jesus Christ. That's why I don't ever want to go back to the world. It cost Jesus his life. The cross is not only a place of glory, but it's also a place of separation. Matthew 16, 24. If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. Jesus said that. 
So when I look at the cross of Jesus Christ, it is the place of glory, but also the place of separation. My life being separated to Jesus Christ. Verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but what a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, all things are passed away, and everything is brand new, a new creation. In Christ we have been blessed, chosen, accepted, redeemed, forgiven. All these things in Scripture, for example, chosen, Ephesians 1.4, accepted, Ephesians 1.6, redeemed, Ephesians 1.7, and forgiven. Forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been wiped out. Verse 16 through 18. And as many as walk according to this rule, notice, who walks what? In new life. Notice, peace and mercy be upon them and upon Israel of God. Then, speaking of the Gentile born again. The peace here is a daily rest which comes through what? Through the Jesus Christ. By trusting him, believing in him, I have peace in God. And then he says, from now on, let no one trouble me. I love this. And probably it makes you weep when you read this. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. What marks do you have? What marks do I have? The marks that Paul the Apostle received. Defending the cross, having integrity, never denying the Lord, and yet always giving glory and honor to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We hope today's lesson has been a motivation for you to follow Jesus' example of humble servanthood as you sacrificially put others before yourself. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the message you've just heard, we can send you an unedited copy for a donation of $5 or more. Simply call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Galatians chapter 6. We'd also like to equip you with a resource that will build your confidence in the Lord's love for you so that you can then pour His blessings into others. Titled Understanding God's Compassion, Rawls' four-chapter booklet outlines key passages of Scripture to firmly establish your position in Christ. You'll then see that by God's mercy and through Jesus' power, you can be forgiven, healed, and transformed. Visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' booklet titled Understanding God's Compassion. We'll send your copy for just $5 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. To order this resource by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Our goal here at Somebody Loves You Radio is to help you grow in your love for God and your knowledge of His Word. We welcome your thoughts on how we can best support you. And we'd also love to be a resource center for believers to grow in their fruitfulness as members of the family of God. With that in mind, we'd like to point you to our website, somebodylovesyou.com. You'll find a library of print and audio resources on many topics that point us to a faithful walk with Jesus. 
Whether it's a particular book of the Bible or a topic you'd like to hear more about, Rawls Sermon Vault allows you to explore what God has gifted us with in His Word. Also, you'll be able to listen to our current study, download our mobile app, and link to our online store. It's all there for you at somebodylovesyou.com. Well, on behalf of all of us here at the ministry, we'd like to thank you for your continued prayers and financial support. Your generosity helps keep us on the air. We hope you'll make plans to be with us again for the next verse-by-verse lesson from God's inspired Word, as our hearts and minds are being conformed to the Lord Jesus. Now, here's Raul once again with a closing thought. And then the benediction, he says, verse 17 and 18, From now on, let no one trouble me. He says, you guys stay off my case, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, the beatings. And in verse 18, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, and so be it. So Paul began and ended with the epistle, what? The blessing and the grace and peace of God. He started it, and he finishes it. Let me read some things that I wrote down. Paul begins the book writing to the people who wanted to practice the works of the law. Secondly, after trying and straightening the Galatians out, Paul ends by leaving them, notice, with the word of grace. And thirdly, Paul was no armchair general. He was out in front lines, weighing and warring against sin, and taking his share of suffering in his own body. What about you? Are you a warrior? Are you a warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ? This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.